The Perth Football Podcast is proudly brought to you by Macron Store Perth, an industry leader in quality teamwear specialising in grassroots, semi-pro and professional team attire. Visit the Macron Sports Hub Perth Facebook page for more. Thank you to Macron for helping us keep the pod running and for their continuous involvement in community sport. And we're back uh, with part two. We'll be talking men's MPL. Sean, you had a quick question. So, well, yeah, you, you jumped into those interviews. I wanted to ask you if you you told me you weren't playing. I thought you might have got the Nigeria call up for that one and then realised there might have been suspension issues. I don't know whether that crosses across. <laughs> la- oh, wait, that was coming up actually later in the week. Yeah, never mind. And it's coming up later in the show. So you guys will cover that. That's fine. I don't need to dive into just that. Just teasing the listeners a little more. Just teasing the listeners, keeping the lead. Uh, no, I wasn't but, uh, there but, because but I was not a, as a, a call up for Nigeria. I was going to say, as a um, as as the only man on this podcast who has also um, appeared for Nigeria uh, in an Africa <laughs> Cup uh, many many years ago, um, the the Tommy, you may not know this, but I, I came on for a Calicio one, a Calicio Sunwa led. I don't know if he was leading it, but he, he seemed to be the only one with there any sort of leadership there. Um, and I, uh, I, I Which spent is about a ten minutes came off the bench of the situation. If I, am the, if I am the leader, there's a damning situation. Oh, mate, you can all. You can always you can wear my armband anytime, mate. But um, yeah, I came off about ten minutes as a sub at fullback and broke my ankle, and uh, that was the end of my Nigeria career, unfortunately. But yeah, um, anyway, well, let's let's get on with the show. What what are we got to get on to? It's the the men's MPL, I, I think. Kalichi, I think only really one big place to start. Yeah, mate. Uh, Red Star one. Sterling Macedonia zero. Uh, Tommy and I weren't at this game, but Tommy, you did a quick rewatch of it, um, and I spoke to a couple of people about it. What did you end up seeing in your rewatch, or or or, um, or what do you heard? And and you did through your investigative journalism that you do, Tommy. Well, I suspected that I would be potentially commentating the preliminary final, so I wanted to go back and have a bit of a look at the Sterl- at the Sterling side of things. Obviously, ahead of um, the game with Perth on Tuesday, which we'll touch on in a second, but. Um, there wasn't really much to report, to be honest. It wasn't the. That's what I was told. It, it wasn't the. Um, it wasn't the greatest of games. Um, Asher Nelson had a good chance in the first half, which he he sort of latched onto a stray back pass and and put wide of the post. Um, Red Star um, then got the opening goal, um, which we sort of touched on it on the podcast. Uh, Chuck Dow breaking down that left hand side on the counter attack. He was sort of he should have checked back inside and then found his partner in crime, Daryl Nicholl, who, with that unerring finish, I think you described oh, so that as he just rifled it um, past the goalkeeper. That, that's, not, that's not like him at all, is it? Yeah, it's the first time I've ever seen it. No, I'm only joking, it's just, Darryl, it's, just <laughs> it's just unfair. Like, honestly, like you think about it as yeah. a defender, right? Like, I don't know who the ex- exact defender is, but you've stood him up. He's taken a touch. He's tried to go through you. You're sending him wide. You're sending him wide. It's come off you. Yeah, and it's gone towards his left foot. No problem. Oh, actually, it is a problem. It's coming. He's hit it so well into the side netting. It's not just the speed of how he does it and the speed at which he hits the ball, but it's the speed of thought and the, the speed of re- and reading and reading what he's gonna and knowing exactly what he's gonna do before um, he actually does it. So look. Um, <laughs> Daryl's just a, a, a sensational player, and, and we know he's going to be a front runner for the gold medal this year in the men's competition. And yeah, it puts um, it puts Red Star into a, a top four final, a little bit like the women's. And it's worth actually mentioning as well that Red Star could potentially have four teams um, in on top four final day. They've already got the um, the men's and women's. Uh, MPL WA senior sides. They've also got the women's under 21s team who we mentioned before, just we went into the break and they could also have the twenties in as well. Um, the twenties lost to Perth glory at the weekend, uh, but they get their double chance against Bayswater city on, um, on Tuesday night as well. So that could be four red star teams in the top on top four finals day. And again, another Testament to the club and what they've done over the past two years. Oh, jeez. Um, so, yeah, from, from a Sterling perspective, let's just kind of go there because obviously they've got their game happening tonight if you're listening to this on Tuesday or yesterday if you're listening to this on, on Wednesday. Um, was there any kind of thing that you noticed? Because from, from 
people that I spoke to, they said it was just a massive arm wrestle. They both cancelled each other out. It was one of those ones where both sides are not quite playing not to lose, but just um, everybody knowing that this is going to be a tough game. They kind of stifle stifle each other. Uh, Sterling typically match up very well with them in terms of midfield, so they're there to just kind of disrupt and then hit them on the break really quickly. Did you notice anything from, from, from a Sterling perspective, from how they played, that we can um, anticipate against Perth? Because that will be an interesting game in terms of Styles making fights as well. The, the honest answer, I think, is no. And I think the reason that it was no, and I don't know whether this is true or not, but maybe there's an element of not wanting to show your hand completely. Um, you, are, you have got the double chance. You are up against a Red Star team who you have shown in the league season that you can beat home and away. So it's not like Sterling haven't beaten Red Star this season. They know they can do it if they're on their game. A lot of it with Sterling um, down to their attack this year, if you just look at the goal scored column, is about making sure that they take their chances in moments when they are on top. And, mm. and clearly they had a couple of moments at the weekend and they weren't able to maximise those. But um, look, I, I think... It's going to be a fascinating game on Tuesday night because Perth are red hot. Um, we won't do a deep dive on that game because we we went into it in a lot of depth on the on the Patreon at the weekend. But um, one, one thing that is worth mentioning is Perth have only lost one in their last eight games now. So they're coming in piping hot now in the back end of this campaign. And they finished beating Sterling at home. Sorry, they finished beating Sterling and Sterling a couple of weeks ago as well. Correct, yeah. In round 21, they beat them by three goals to nil. So they're not going to fear going there at all. Um, but... I don't think you can rule out this Sterling team because we've seen throughout the season, you mentioned it before, Kalichi, with the style of football that they play, they're always going to be in the game. It's just can they take their chances? Can they maximise those moments when they're on top? And they're going to have a good crowd in the house there at Macedonia Park. I suspect it's going to be loud under that roof. Um, and I think um, that's going to be important as well to make it as an intimidating of places they can for Perth um, to try and get themselves over the line and, and set up another rematch with, um, with, with Red Star at the weekend. What do you reckon um, Sterling Sterling need to do to kind of get the win over Perth, Sean? Nah, they just need they honestly just need to play just just the way we've seen them before. They're they're miserly. They're hard to break down. Obviously, you know you you can beat them one nil if you play. Tommy's mentioned both men's and women's red star teams as that double edged sword that can do it at both ends. And and I guess this was the. Um, yeah, typical performance from them to, to show that, you know, hey, we can win a game 1-0 as well as putting six or seven past teams, which they've done this year too. So I, I don't think there's any, like, Sterling aren't going back to the drawing board. Um, no. Obviously, the the, uh, the, the counter-attack is, is going to be Perth's main weapon and has been since, since Danny Hayes come. And I think that doesn't... doesn't bode well for them coming into a Sterling side that are just so solid defensively and, and don't allow these uh, counter-attacking situations uh, to materialise uh, very often and, and they need to, yeah, I, I guess if they get on top in that, that midfield battle um, and and control the game and just be aware of that that uh, first threat on the break, uh, I, I think they'll probably just shade it and and definitely um, can get over the line. I don't but they don't need to do anything different. They're not going back to the drawing board. It's just the same way they've played all year, I think. Should um, yeah, back the system and and they'll just hope that's enough to get it done. Yeah, and without going too deep into what we discussed on the on the Patreon on Saturday um, afternoon on the full time whistle, um, it was the runners which killed um, Kingsway. It was the it was the deep runs from Osman, um, from Farrah, and from uh, Luke Collins on the flanks as well. And I don't think that Sterling are going to allow that to materialise. And if they do, if it does materialise, then I think they're going to be tracked back a lot better because I think Ian Ferguson will demand that that is what will need to happen. So I don't think that. Sterling will allow for that to be as easy as it perhaps was for, for Perth at the weekend. The other thing as well, and um, in, a, in a game like this where you have to win, you need your big players to step up. And Cal- Calvin Whitney, we've seen him do this before in the past. For Perth as well, incidentally, one of his, his former side. Um, I, I saw him turn a game oh, on yeah. its head most recently yeah. at Kingsway Reserve when they were 2-0 down and Sterling came back to win 3-2. Um, and, and I think if Sterling are to go on, and win this top four cup, I think Calvin Whitney will probably need to have a couple of massive games, um, and he's very capable of doing that. So uh, he, he looms for me as potentially a key player for Sterling in these next um, in this next week. See, this is super interesting because they, they've had a pretty good, like Perth for Perth, 
they've had a pretty good dress rehearsal um, to come up against Calvin Whitney after playing Tyler Garner. Um, they had they didn't quite completely shackle him. He did have some moments. He had some creative runs, and he's just such a joy to watch. But but with the shape that they had and the tactics that they displayed that that week, it kind of sets them up pretty nicely to go into this game. Um, and again, if they do that first half where they went man-to-man and pressed, it'd be interesting to see how Perth uh, Sterling play out. My key question here is, what does a Sterling goal look like? Because if it is down to... Well, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. If, oh, I, I was just going to bring us back to that exactly. We're on the exact same same page there. Yeah, it's, it's so... I think that the thing with Sterling is it's it's just a we've got we've got Calvin Whitney like we've got the creativity we've got someone that can create something out of nothing and I think that's basically what they'll be hoping it's just yeah uh, from a Perth perspective it's shackle shackle Calvin Whitney sit deep and try and hit him on the break and, and then and give it to I, I give think... it to perhaps the best player in the league and David Ninkovic and see if he creates something or or it, yeah. have overlapping yeah. runs and, and third people runners like, like... It, it's going to be so it's actually going to be a really interesting game talk, going to your styles make fights uh, sure. sort of uh, philosophy Kalichi is that neither of them are going to want to press uh, to to assert too much dominance in that final third. It, it's going to be a bit of a cagey, I would imagine, unless there's an early goal, uh, it, it be a very cagey first half where that neither side, particularly in these cup games, neither side wants to concede that first goal. And you you could just see them both sort of sit off each other, you know, the, a bit of rope a dope. Do you remember uh, those, do you remember those Mourinho and, and, uh, and Benitez games where it's like, no one wants the ball? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That that that's what I might be envisioning for the first forty-five. I think, yeah. Once the legs start getting tired, and and you know, players like Calvin can uh, perhaps sort of spot that opening and and then exploit it uh, when when players are out of position. But yeah, they're, they're, obviously Danny Hayes got him very well drilled. We know Ferguson's got him very like. How many times the last couple of years have have Sterling been cut open um, consistently yeah, in a game? Never, like, there's, never there's, happens, there's been man. maybe 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 one or two where they're not at their you know solid best but yeah they, they, it's I'll be very I mean, obviously it's going to be five nil Perth now that I've said that but I, I really can't see yeah them not coming out with that discipline determination obviously um they've got yeah they both got top goalkeepers as well which um anytime it's it's almost unfair anytime you do break through them you've you've got to get past uh yeah the, a, a very capable goalkeeper and it's uh yeah it's just it's going to be so interesting it may not be very entertaining uh, particularly the first 45 but for uh, for football nerds like us it's going to be it's going to be enthralling i was just about to say that um this time last year i did the preliminary final um at red star arena between red star and sorrento mm-hmm. and i think you came along to watch that game Kalichi, and it was probably the best game that i commentated on all season in either the men's oh, or mate, women's you did a great was, job on that by it was end to end there was chances for both teams it probably could have ended 5-5 um chris but, jackson looked to have won it to have won it Sorry. Yeah, it was it was a wild game, but I, I don't sense that um, deja vu is going to happen this year with Sterling and Perth. Although the great thing about football is, is on the day there is surprises, and in a game that is low scoring where the margins are so fine, then that elements of surprise can be can be so telling. So yeah, we've got we've got a fascinating couple of days of top four prelim matches on on Tuesday and Wednesday for for differing reasons. I was just thinking about this now, and I think. What was the big? What was the big thing that Kingsway didn't quite do early in that game, Tommy, in terms of exploiting the space that's um, that's there for them when you play Perth? Well, I think um, that just on, on basic layman's terms, as an observer and, and not a coach or a tactical expert by any stretch, but if you're playing against a back three, um, then the space logically is out wide. Or behind the wing backs, especially or... because they're especially because their their wing backs were really really aggressive, pushing towards your fullback. Farrer and Collins, yeah. yeah, and and the and and for Kingsway, their strength was in the middle of the park. Sampson, yeah. Oxborough, Garner, great players in the midfield, but they they maybe didn't quite test Perth frequently enough down the flanks early on, as you said, Kalichi. And yeah. if they can do that, um, then then maybe that might give them some joy and might set Perth on the back foot. But as we've said before, Perth have got game breakers of their own and they're very suited to that to, to countering and, and bursting forward and I mean we touched on this again on Saturday but 
I know Josh has been um, banging the David Ninkovic drum uh. quite loudly for the last five or six weeks on the podcast. And, um, yeah, we're, we're buying the hype. We're, we're buying stock. But I, I, I think we're worried that there's not many left or much left because I reckon Josh has oh, just yeah. – he's hoovered it all up and he's put it into a long-term savings they're, account. They're, and they're, very, ex- they're yeah. very expensive right now if you want to get the Ninkovic stocks. That's probably why Josh isn't in early because he's uh, he's, he's had to scoop up a bus fare to get here because he's, uh, he's, got no he's, money put, all his, he's put all his money in. To, uh, into Ninkovic stocks. Uh, wise but, investment. Wise investment. But yeah, but, but like thinking about that now, I think that's probably the best way that they can get a, they can get in there. And it actually might work in their favor because um, Kingsley Eshin, who was a, a huge player for them, and, and Ash and Nelson, they do some really good work. on Tanevsky. Tanevsky as well, starts, if, yeah. if he gets a start. They do some really good work out wide. And if it is Eshin, he starts in the middle and then he tends to drift out wide, which could be a little bit... Um, which could be a little bit of a problem for Perth. But with Jordan DeLeo playing in this like Beckenbauer sweeper role where he's just on the on the, on the right at the back, literally playing he's playing point um not point guard. Um he's playing a quarterback and he's just comes in, goes as deep as he can. They don't even use the goalkeeper as a pivot. They use him as a pivot. It'll be so interesting to watch. And again, sorry, folks, it's turned into the Perth Tactics podcast. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And and, and trust me, uh, listeners, we're not necessarily the people to listen to on tactics either. Uh, We're just layman. We sit back and watch the game and love the game of football and we try and just pick some things out that are are interesting. um, Shout out out to Tuffy, who who I was just like, mate, why didn't you try to change anything? And he sat me down for three minutes. It was like, here are the list of changes that I tried to do and I was like ah you know what that's why you're coaching yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> all these all these things that I didn't notice so basically the message is disregard everything we Every- said it's going to finish <laughs> it's going to finish 4-4 it's going to finish 6-6 six, six after yep. extra time and go to penalties and be 11-10 like the yeah, France Australia gonna, game was they're going to come out up. They're going to come out hang, hammer and tong and yeah, have a six-goal first half. But uh, yeah, regardless, it's going to be an interesting game. There, there were that. That's this is all top four, uh, you know, trophy uh, potential. But there, there were a couple of other very, very big games over the what week, weren't there, boys? Uh, Segway, Shorten, both sides trying to uh, squeak their way in uh, to the MPL next season or um, avoid uh, squeaking out and Sorrento are on the precipice, aren't they, Tommy? Where's the segue music? There is no segue music, but, but Ooh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, they are. Yeah, the, but that's, what, uh, what do you think nil, of it, Nil-nil was the scoreline. They've... They've they've got to go. Obviously, we know the northern uh, rivalry, and they're they're yeah battling it out for that Kings of the North title. And uh, oh yeah, I, I, it's it's such a finely poised tie now at nil nil. June Lap United Sorrento, uh, just a one game, and and I think I think June Lap have got to be delighted with that because if you go into just one game knowing you've, you've got to win they've all of a sudden turned a two-leg tie into a into a knockout game and yeah uh, um, they've, they've shackled them once the, the longer they can shackle them in the uh, in the second game and as, as you know you've, you've probably played in these sort of tense knockout games a bit Kalichi where the longer it goes and and the, the longer it stays at nil nil uh, the longer you're in the game you, you're just closer and closer to that Sorrento mistake and and as, as we know at this point of the season, one mistake can mean Sorrento aren't playing NPL football next year. Yeah, I, I caught a little bit of this game on Saturday night as well uh, after I watched the um, the Red Star and Sterling game on times two because not a lot was going on. I was but uh, say, it sounds like a great Saturday night for you, mate. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have many plans. Uh, international <laughs> international break. That that's what it was. Um, no, um, yeah, it was it was a very um, very tight game with, with not really a lot of tension it was it was uh, obviously a tough place for Sorrento to go um, on the day they had a couple of good chances um, Clay Gibbs hit the post really strong shot um, the, the rebound fell to Dean Cummings who put wide of the post um, I think uh, Joe Tweets also had a shot cleared off the line by um, former Sorrento stalwart and um, veteran Sean Kilkelly who oh. now plays for um, June Lup United so um, yeah it's a um, it, it's also a, a 
there's obviously the Hoyles as well. Kalichi, um, I think Todd's the goalkeeper at um, at Joondalup United, and obviously Nico is the president at Sorrento. And, oh, it's a family affair. And, and, and Scott was, um, I think, a captain with Joondalup United as well. So th- there is a few extra layers to um, to this Sorrento Joondalup United story, which makes it even more. Um, tasty going into the weekend but I, I agree with Sean um, but I suppose from a Sorrento perspective as well they'll be thinking we've got out of Joondalup United's ground now we're at home level, level. Well, we're at home now we should be backing ourselves really to, to get through this but the interesting thing is as well which I don't think we've actually touched on is that away goals actually do count in the playoffs oh. only oh. only up until the 90 minute mark though so oh, that's what I was asking last week oh my goodness it's one narrative. of those league cup rules is it yeah, so if so, the, oh, wow. so the only way that the game can go to extra time is if it's zero, nil zero. nil at yeah. full time and in extra time away goals oh. don't Away goals don't count in is extra that, time. Can you imagine Nick Jennings doing the Jose Mourinho? Is that not advantage United, Kalichi, then, with uh, with knowing that, you know, a, a goal is enough for them? Probably. <laughs> if they score one, Sorrento are going to need two. It's it's sit-back time and, and wait for a mistake. Away goals it's, count double. Away oh. goals count double. Yeah, if they if they do yeah. if they if they do score first, it'll be um, it'll be everybody behind the ball for eighty minutes. Oh. I suspect. Can you imagine? Well, Nick but then, but that's the thing, right? When when you get that goal up in a, a game like this, if they do manage to get one, and Sorrento know they need two, you can just pick them off, and and it's very easy to turn that one nil into a two nil, and then you need three goals, and then you've got to throw more caution but to the wind. But so, that's, but that's the most they're dangerous in a, they're in a football, sticky Sean. spot. <laughs> I think Jindal United would beg to differ. They bite your hand off for a two nil lead against Sorrento, uh, I'm sure. But yeah, that that one's going to be tantalising. Uh, the other result, 2-0 and... Uh, Sean, I've just got to interrupt we you really quickly re- to, to, to do something. Sorry, mate. Now, you listen here. He's not the Bessar. He's a very naughty boy. Now, go away. Ah, yes, of course. I, I think you may be alluding to with that sting, which I thought you were going to play in amateur. You might have to d- yeah, dust it off again because I know that's coming up again. This but, is a tease, uh, mate. You're just teasing this, the people now. This, <laughs> Well, now I think they figured it out if they didn't know already. But this was probably – this is the manager of Fremantle game we're talking about. Uh, probably the worst tackle I've seen this season in, uh, in NPL competition. <laughs> I don't know if either of you want to, um, want to uh, argue with that. Oh, it's bad. It is like it's, it's a. It's a. I tell you what, it was. I'm not sure who it was. You, you, do you know the players involved, Tommy? Who was on the receiving end of that challenge? I can't remember who was on the receiving end. I think it was. I think it was Pat Lowry who was on the receiving end, and I think it was Aaron McCready who got the red card for Mandra. Well, yeah. Well, well, whoever it was on the receiving end, they are very, very lucky. That and and the agility and speed at which they avoided the tackle is probably the reason they're walking today because this was a lunge and you look at all the things that referees uh, look at for like a dangerous tackle he's coming in at speed he's left his feet he's out of control studs showing straight leg it's it just ticks all the boxes and yeah the the way the um the uh the the uh Fremantle player jumped out of the way is yeah it, it, it i think he probably just ended with a little scrape down the back of the calf or the and the hamstring um which I, I think he's more than happy to take because it was just an absolute shocker and it's really really cost them uh with Fremantle going on to win two goals to nil and and now have a big lead going into we will see again we know uh we know there's debate about how uh how dangerous that scoreline is but again i think they'll be absolutely delighted to be going in uh, knowing, with a couple of goals advantage and, and there's away goals as well yeah oh absolutely yeah it's um if they can get a huge lead for yeah if they, now. if they can get one in Mandra, that may, would mean that Mandra would have to score four times which yeah. is i know Mandra have got mm. a lot of firepower um, so if there is a team in Division One who are going to score four goals at home, it's definitely them. Um, but it's a tall order um, if, if Fremantle City are able to get the first in that return leg. Yeah, it, it's um, oh, it's a pretty commanding spice. lead. It's a pretty commanding lead. But it, then again, it, like what what I love about these playoff games is it, it really just tests you mentally. 
Because let's say the game kicks mm. off and Mandra score and Joey O'Brien scores a world. That first goal is so yeah. big. I was yeah. just going to say that. That first goal is massive. Let's say Joey O'Brien scores a world after four minutes. Now you've got, now you've got uh, was it Genesis Stadium? Genesis Care, yeah. Genesis Care Stadium. You've got Genesis Care Stadium going absolutely mental. Absolutely mental. And, you know, you've got you've to check yourself, keep your resolve. You've just got to stick to the game plan and say, guys, it's fine. We're up. We score one, they need two more. And it's, well, can you do that in that moment, in that place? Um, so, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how that game goes as well. Would Mandra's frontman, Joe O'Brien, um, then have to be the Phil Collins of the uh, Genesis Care Stadium, Kalichi? Oh, my goodness. Guys, can we, let's, let's, let's wrap it up there, mate. That's... <sighs> Where do we even go from that? I thought that was going to hit a little sweeter than it did. It's, a, it's, it's over my head, guys. I'm sorry. It's over my head. This is why I don't normally do jokes. Phil Collins was the lead, Phil Collins was the lead singer of Genesis before uh, he went on his solo career. Ah, uh, very nice. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're not used to Tommy coming in with the zingers. So, uh, yeah, I can see why you weren't expecting it. But, but I can tell you this, though. Yeah, Phil, Phil back, Collins back could walk board, through this mate. door and punch me in the face and I'd know who he was. <laughs> You'd be like, why is this old bald man punching like, me in the why face? Why is Phil Collins punching me in the face? It wouldn't be an invisible touch. <laughs> oh, my. We've got to, we've, Kalichi, we've, you've got to wrap this up. We've got to move on because Tommy's, Tommy's broken. Um, but, yeah, get out there and check out those games. That'll be it for us on the men's. <laughs> uh, the next section we've got is a... It's an interesting amateur hour because there's, there's some highs and lows for uh, for one of us in the studio and some highs for everybody else. Uh, so we'll be back with amateur hour right after this. Yeah. So sorry. I just sorry. I do just want to say I do love you, Tommy. There must just be something in the air tonight. I mean, I can't dance, so I've got to try some other things to um, get people to. Um... Take me seriously. Let's move on. Can I just say I, I need to start doing my uh, my more? I need to do more research into pop, uh, Caucasian pop culture because all I got is like <laughs> there's clearly something in the air tonight. But that's all I got. You, you must know. You must know in the air tonight because uh, Eminem referenced it. So that's in your wheelhouse. Ray, uh, I thought yeah, that and was, a monkey drum to it on a Cadbury. So. I thought that was Ray Ray Lewis. See, that's, Maybe it was, mate. Maybe it was. That's uh, that's. Uh, no, I roll on. We're in too deep now. <laughs> and before we dive back into part two, we just want to send a quick thank you out to Balance and Revive Massage Therapy, our latest sponsors here at the Perth Football Podcast. And if you want to get ten percent off remedial and sports massages, just go and say hi uh, from the Perth Football Podcast. Use the code PFP twenty three. Uh, that's PFP23, and you get 10% off all remedial and sports massages at Balance and Revive. You can find them in Carambine at 1 Hobson's Gate. That was a dig, Josh. Uh, and we are back for, uh, I don't know, a sugar and sweet edition of the Amateur Hour. Uh, it's been a pretty... Sugar, uh, sugar and sweet are both good things. Sorry. Uh, salt and sweet edition you josh <laughs> um so you normally you normally get angry when you have to like add in the uh the beeps later but now now you're the one who just you're, you're so infuriated by what happened but, on the weekend but 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 also the beep button is here the beep button is here so it's an easy copy and paste but when it's like at home it's hard to it's hard to add the beeps um but look let, let us let us start with joy i prefer to i prefer the joy first and the joy is josh chai league champion how's it feel mate yeah, boy! Pretty exciting, man. Tell, talk to us about it. Your uh, your Maccabi team have come out league champions. You've had a terrific season. Can, uh, can I just talk about what song I made sure we played uh, when when we and it was actually playing when Maccabi's on out. fire. Your defense is terrified. No. <laughs> I actually, I actually did play that in the celebrations afterwards. No, it was uh, it was "Move On Up" by Curtis Mayfield. Oh, yes. What a tune. Yeah, I know. And it's got the great... Did you play the extended version or just the short one? No, I had to I had to deal with the sensibilities of some of our players are like 18, 19 years old. So you, you got to deal with some of, the, some of their sensibilities. But uh, You mean their lack of attention span? Yeah, their, their lack of culture. Um, yes. the, no, nah, the, it was pretty good. We're a winner by the impressions, which is basically the same, <laughs> the same concept. So, yeah, uh, uh, moving on up by, the, I think it's called the M people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Moving on, moving on up, moving on up. Moving on up, you're moving on 
but yeah, man, that's 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 dope. So how did you guys uh, solidify the, the the league title? Uh, so um, I, it's funny. So our, our coach, our coach uh, Ricky, uh, unfortunately for him, he's been away. His, his uh, wife was kind of like, you know, we've got to get some holidays in because you've been you've been uh, just hanging out with the boys on Sundays for. She organised holidays in the middle of the season. Two, two holidays. So he's been away twice in the middle the of the season. season. Yeah, and I've stepped in for him a couple of times, and a couple of the other boys have stepped in for him, and my record has actually been really no good as a senior manager. My record as a junior coach this year has been very good. My record <laughs> as a senior coach has been no good. Um, it's and different when you're playing for points, Josh. Yeah, well, I mean, you play for points in under-16s as well. Good. But, uh, well, you, you can play for both. The boys, feel, the boys do feel good when they're winning, right? But, um, the so the game last week we had was against Kingsley uh, and that game we were four points ahead going into it it was like you know if we won basically as it turned Seven out points up with three well, as it go. turned out we would have actually secured promotion if we'd won that game but um, it, it kind of got they we were on top of them we were all over them in the first half the second half uh, they were all on top of us they went man on man and they just um, they, they just tried to squeeze space and, and they were obviously desperate because it the win obviously meant more for them in in the in the circumstances, it got to about ten minutes to go, and we were looking at what we we're going to do. And we and myself and Mike, the other guy who who were coaching, we were just like, and and I think I referenced this on the uh, the aborted show from last week. But we got to we got to the nil nil is plenty point where we just went. It's so good. Yeah, you, you know what? Like a nil nil draw is actually like almost as good as a win for us right now. Like a win's perfect, but um, we were able to see that one out. Left us four points ahead. Um, we had Port Kennedy on the weekend who, you know, it wasn't going to be necessarily like a, a pushover game because they were eight games undefeated. So they were bottom of the ladder halfway through the year. And uh, they actually did an incredible job to get themselves into mid-table safety by the time they played us three games to go in the season. Uh, and but, but, you know, I think for them, maybe, you know, all the work had been done because uh, they, they really wanted to just stay in their shape and, you know, not not... Uh, let us play through them, which they did pretty well for a lot of the game. I mean, we had a lot of possession of the ball, I'd say, you know, as you expect when, when you're the team on top of the ladder, teams are going to sort of stop you from playing. I'm sure you guys <laughs> understand that a bit with North Perth, although your league is a, a little bit tighter than, than our one was. Um, but yeah, Mitch Furness, who, and, and it's incredible, like some of these players, they've been with Maccabi. Uh, I, I was at Maccabi um, first, uh, and we might get to this later, like 13 years ago. That was the first time I played seniors at Maccabi. I obviously started my junior career there. Um, you would have had a head full of hair back then. I, yeah, my head was really long. Uh, and I was a goalkeeper as well. So uh, people were always complaining that it was like zone. falling in front of my face and stuff like that. And that it was it was like, so I would let my hair get, get really long. And it was like really pretty curly as well with like froth up. You know, it was the, it was the Adam Sandler juice throw. So it would like, <laughs> it, it, would, it, would froth, it would froth up with like the humidity and stuff in, in, uh, in, in Perth, you know pretty humid temperature here um a humid climate here so so uh even worse in singapore uh enough so, about your frock <laughs> so yeah well when i started but but going back to some of the players that came in so the club really had a, a down period so when i came in uh, when i was at the club it was a div 2 team uh, and it had been promoted uh, relegated two years in a row from prem div one uh which i'm not sure if it was div one or prem is there this, was is this 13 years ago uh, so 2008 was the last time Maccabi was in the Premier League. Awesome. Uh, 2009, they got relegated from Div 1. Uh, and then when I joined, uh, they were in Div 2 for a few years. They got up to Div 1 and then they went down to Div 3. Uh, and it was only probably three or four years ago that quite a few, there was a few um, Jewish players, obviously, as everybody knows, Maccabi's a the Jewish community club. Um, and uh, a few of the players that I play with now uh, went back into into Maccabi, some who'd gone from like MPL under 20s, uh, some who'd played maybe state league before and were just looking to play with a group of mates. Uh, a lot of people who got together over like five-a-side and that, uh, both Jewish and non-Jewish players. And uh, you know, one of the players who'd been there since they were Div 3, Mitch Furness, he stepped up and he scored two goals oh, that's on the awesome. weekend uh, to, to seal promotion. Uh, against um, against Port Kennedy, and so we we celebrated a bit after the final whistle, uh, and then we sort of gathered in the change room, and someone was actually like, "Oh, actually, let's just stick around. Let's see what the score in the Kingsley game is." And we thought it'd probably be a routine because Kingsley, you know, they, they were a great team this year, and, and it's incredible that they've got 
uh, not just obviously the state league team's gone up this year, but the quality of footballers that they have the whole way through the club, state league, first team reserves, 18s, they were challenging for all those titles. They won two of them. Uh, the uh, the amateur um, the amateur teams basically where the club was when I played for them about eight or nine years ago. Yeah. The first team is, which yeah. is like incredible to think about how how far that club's come, um, and and with the new stand and everything like that. Uh, so you know, hopefully they get they get promoted as well. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not necessarily picking sides between them and uh, Kingsway Sterney, but uh, you know, I used to play at Kingsley, and also I think they've been sensational. And they they were two like absolutely like insanely challenging. Who, who has the better chips, mate? I I don't think I ever tried the chips. We've got good chips at Maccabi, but we don't own the chips, so <laughs> it's it's a private business. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so so that's an interesting. So you guys go up to the amateur Premier League, um, and having played you guys this season, it's thoroughly deserved. Um, really tough to play against. Really good on the ball. Super brave. Um, a little bit young and a little bit naive uh, at, at times, but mate, that's just growing pains. And that was in the preseason when we played you guys. So I'm sure the club's gone from strength to strength since. Um, and what's the rest of the picture look like for promotion spots? Uh, so I think Kings, we play Kingsway this weekend. So we originally thought... Guard of Honour from Sturdy. Well, yeah, we'll see if they give us the Guard of Honour because uh, it's been a pretty big rivalry over the last two or three years. I think that um, Kingsley are maybe three points. I don't have it in front of me at the moment uh, and I don't want to go all the way through the squatty app to, to try find it. But uh, I think that Kingsley are uh, three points clear of them at the moment. So potentially they can seal promotion this weekend, depending on what happens in our game, Kingsley have a big whack of uh, of goal difference as well. I think Kingsley have scored something ridiculous, like seventy goals or something. Jeez. So they've they've scored way more than us. I think we scored like mid fifties, but we've only conceded something like fourteen, which I think goes down to we have a, a defender at the back, Armand Zuthner, who used to play at UWA, and he's about six yeah, foot Kingsley, five or six foot six or something. Kingsley are three points header. ahead, and uh, quick maths. Oh, 19 goals ahead as well. Yeah, that's a lot of goals. Uh, so I think Cam Bishop's been challenging Jakey Weemus. Uh, Cam Bishop from Kings has been taking wow. uh, Jakey Weemus from our uh, from our team for the, the Golden Boot this year. Queen's Park are relegated, back-to-back relegations. Yeah, Queen's Park are relegated. I think Sterling are, are just about down if you look at how many goals they are behind. Uh, who, who's in 10th? Is Panthers in 10th? Panthers are in 10th. Yeah, and Sterling Lions are in uh, 11th, but... You know, 15, but they're like 25 goals behind or something like that. Added one match played for a game missing due to cha- name change. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, so congratulations on that. Uh, we'll go from the, the suite to the... Can I, can I say Can I say one, go on. one thing before I go on? Uh, I, and I, I do want to say, so. well, it's probably two things, but it'll be really quick. <laughs> so so one, one of the things I was going to say um, is that, you know, one of the things I've loved about Maccabi, uh, and one of the reasons that I wanted to go back last year, uh, when sort of cir- circumstances went up, I, I couldn't. You know, I was playing with you at North Perth, and I, I couldn't make things work there. But um, one of the things I really loved about Maccabi was I saw them in the Cup final, their reserves against the North Perth reserves, and they were trying to play the ball from out from the back. And even though they were completely outmatched, like that North Perth reserves team was much better. But I spoke to a couple of guys at the club, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we're trying to do, you know, we're trying to play out from the back. We're trying to get a playing style in." And I just think like footballs, you know, we play amateur football, and I remember playing amateur football when I was younger, and it was like. People are like so focused on results, and, and and it's like, um, and you know, like pragmatic football, and you know, let's let's just protect the goals, get the ball up the pitch, and that. But isn't it like so much more fun to try play with the ball at your feet? Like you do this for fun. Like you're paying money to play. Yeah. Like and and I I, I yeah. love that. I love that we try to play like a fun style of football. And and massive credit to Ricky and and to to Ian Jostolovsky who had the team before them and got them up from uh, Div Two or Div Three and Div Two. Uh, the other thing. And everybody knows, like you reference often, that I'm a massive fucking nerd. <laughs> um, but uh, if anybody doesn't know, my which a lot of people wouldn't know. I don't know why I said if anybody doesn't know. Lots of people wouldn't know. But my my honours dissertation when I did history at university was ethnic soccer teams in WA between nerd! 1892 and uh, 1940s. I'm almost forgetting it now. 1946, I think. And and uh, you know, one of the teams was Maccabi, which is you know, the oldest ethnic community group soccer team in the state. Uh, so it was formed as 
Maccabeans in like 1929, 1930. As you can tell, I haven't read my thesis in a while. Um, but, you know, this team was in the, the top league in the state. You know, they, they came very close to winning the top league before, um, before the professional era. When the professional era started and sort of soccer went to um, uh, like professional soccer was on Saturdays, uh, you know, that's the, the day of Sabbath. So uh, if there's any thought of, you know, Maccabi going up from Prem into State League Two, which I know I have a personal opinion, I would love to see it happen because... They'd have to play all their games on Sunday then. Yeah, so, so we'd you know, have to work stuff out, you know, we've got to do stuff to revitalise the juniors like um, some of the like Kingsley have done by getting Westside on board and, and getting their, their juniors back in. But... Um, you know, it, it, it's great. I, I said to the boys before the Kingsley game, you know, like this club with its history, like it's not just, you know, the, the limit shouldn't just be you know, average prem. Like with its history, this is a club that, and, and with the community, if we can get the community behind it, this is a club that can push to be like Hakoa over east, to be like North Caulfields where, where you're playing in the state league and, and you're playing for, for big chips because there's so many great Jewish players and not to say uh, sound like the club's all Jews, and it's mostly not at the moment, but there's great Jewish players. Like Jacob Muir is playing for Perth Glory. Um, uh, Asher is out at Sterling. Dean Kajura was playing at Forest Field. He's at Ashfield now. You know, there's great Jewish players playing in the State League all over the place. Uh, Laura Waltman in the, uh, in the women's comp. And you look at, like, the potential that, that, that you have there to really build something for the next generation coming up. And, yep. and I think that the club should be aiming high. And I think that we've really done that over the last few years. So that's the end of my, my self-indulgence. No problem. Well, look, uh, good time to end the self-indulgence because it's... What's my name? Dogzo. Dogzo. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We had a dogzo this weekend. Uh, it was a dogzo, and it was a naughty boy, and it was for me. I got uh, I got sent off, Josh. Uh, Atomic dogzo. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty painful. I'm not going to lie. Um, I'll paint the scene really quickly. We are playing Jaguars. Uh, Jags away. Um, ironically, no Jaguars in Africa. Um, we're, we're playing. We're playing. We're playing. Where did the name come from? I don't, I don't know. We're playing Jags away um, on easily the biggest pitch in all of like Western Australia. Uh, it was really funny. We we like when we spoke to Bailey Barry Montgomery after um, after they played Jags. They were like, "Oh, those guys are really good and really fast." I was like, "Yeah, good thing you played them at Florida, not at um, not at Herb Graham." But yeah, we're we're one 0 up, um, and we are cruising. We should be 2-0 up. We should be 3-0 up. Um, we're all over them. Dudex pulled out some great saves, and then a ball gets played over the top um, between myself and the and the centre-back. I get caught square a little bit, and um, my guy Deng just runs right past. Um, luckily for me, so he's about five, six yards in front, but the ball bounces, and as it bounces, it like comes off his thigh, um, and he does what all good strikers do, and he kind of goes across my body. Um, and I, like, if, the the way that I could describe it is, if you ever been in a situation where like you and a player are jostling for the ball, and you kind of like. I'm going to incriminate myself here um, and you kind of pull them back or like you grab them by the shoulder and you're kind of jostling um, for position and I jostle and do a decent enough job and get in front of him and it kind of pushes him towards the right hand side a little bit more so not just in front of the goal but he's that's why I moved into midfield yeah I didn't have to make those challenges anymore he's um, too slow he's, he's, he's pushing towards the right hand side and I kind of get in front and take a touch and knock the ball away and uh Referee, young referee James, um, good referee. Haven't had any any issues with him at all, all all season, and all the boys have said that he's been terrific. Um, and he's running down, and he's like, "Kalichi, uh, it's a yellow card and a penalty." And I was like, "What? What are you? What are you talking about?" And he's like, "Well, you you held on to him. You held his shirt until you got into the box." I was like, I did not hold his shirt. Um, I thought we were Jocelyn, but I I didn't touch him. I, I I didn't foul him. And if I did foul him, it's outside the box. And like an idiot. <laughs> uh, I should have just said, okay, cool. Yeah, no worries. Yep, yellow card penalty. Because honestly, we were battering. What, what was the score at the time? One nil. It's fifteen minutes gone. It's one. We're one nil up, and we're we because because the final score was two two, right? Final score was two two. But honestly, we're 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 
battering them. So you're saying the team was more valuable with, with you on the pitch? I What I should have done is said, okay, cool, no problem, referee. Yep, penalty and taken a yellow card and ch- backed, backed Jamie Serra to, to save the penalty. Here's but what, here's, just before you say can I, can I finish my story, please? But uh, <laughs> didn't think that far ahead. Too emotional in the moment saying, no, it's not a penalty, it's not a penalty. And, and, and referee was like, well, then in that case, it's a denial of a clear goal scored opportunity. And as you, as you say denial of a clear goal scored opportunity, I was like, the math is like being done in my head. I'm like, oh, that's a red card. Oh, I'm off. Oh, no. I miss next week's game as well. Oh, no. I could cost the team the league right now. Oh, no. Uh, and so I'm, I'm absolutely gutted. I walk off the pitch, uh, have a moment to myself, and then come back out and find out that we're down 2-1 at halftime. And the boys go out and play a cracking second half and equalize late. And then we have about three chances later on to, to have been able to win the game. Like we, we, it's one of those ones where if you looked at the XG, XG probably would have been two and a half to them, but like four and a half, five to us. So um, it, it, it makes the league title race super interesting because um, East Perth, who have been on an absolute tear recently, I think they have drawn one game drawn one and lost one since we played them last. So 12, 12 games, they've won 10. <laughs> That's <laughs> a lot of momentum. They've won 10, drawn one, lost one. Um, they've been on oh, an absolute tear. Um, so so they close the gap on us. There is no gap. There's just goal difference now between us and them. And it's also but goal it's difference like, between us and Emerald. So it's, but it's like five goals, right? It's five goals, I think, between us and East Perth, three goals between us and Emerald. But the the amateur Premier League is now forty one points first, second, and third. Yeah. Um, and three five goals separating the three teams. And at the bottom of the table, I think there's three teams on sixteen points, one team on thirteen. So with two games to go, it's going to be absolutely delicious. And I don't get to play, which kind of sucks. So you miss one game, right? Uh, well, I, I I'm assuming I'd only miss one game. I was I didn't sweat the referee. I was very polite. I walked off the field. Looked violent to me, Khalid. <laughs> <laughs> you see, you showed the footage before. So here's the thing. So um, what the referee didn't know though is that a couple of weeks ago you went out to one of the referees and asked for the criterion. Well, the for criteria Dogso, for Dogzo. Right? And so we did got you it. did you pull it out? And were you like reading it? Did, were you like, excuse me, Mr. Referee, may I uh, talk to you after the game? So have you considered your DDCs? DDCs. Yeah. Did you go through each one and did you have like notes? No, I I think, I think, I think to be fair, I think to be fair, um, I sent it through to, to three referees as well and said, it feels, it feels harsh, but is this dogzo? And they were all like, yep, fits the criteria. And, And the easiest explanation that I got was if you weren't there, he's, he's, he's going straight through on goal and my contention was like well that's what defenders are there for right is, is to be there is to, is yeah, to if, prov- if, if prov- there were no if there were no defenders football would be an incredibly yeah. high scoring it's like when people like well if people make this point all the time like oh let's get rid of offsides in football yeah stop <laughs> um but but so so that was that was the idea and again like i, I it, it, it it doesn't look as bad as it is because my guy doesn't go down but like, if we made that initial contact and he goes down, then the referee's got a decision to make, right? And the referee could be like, "That's really soft. You should have stayed up." Or the referee goes, "Oh, clear and obvious foul." So the directions there, the distance is um, distance to goal is there. Um, is there any other covering defenders? Uh, there was nowhere, no one close. No, no one close. And then it's like control. Also, also, no one close enough to catch that guy. And then, well, yeah. And 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 the crappy part is like the control part is where I'm like, he hasn't got control of the ball yet. It's bounced off his thigh, and he's going towards the right, and that's how he goes around me. But um, it does make a absolutely delicious game with North Perth versus East Perth. It's a it's a bit of a derby. Obviously. Is that this week coming up? It's this week coming so up. So you missed the East Perth game. <laughs> Do you under now you understand why I'm so? Oh my man, I missed the East Perth game. Oh no. I was I was hot garbage the last time we played them, so I was like I was really really stoked, really really stoked to to come out and and have a good game against them. But I am so proud of the team, honestly, man. Like you go down to ten players against Jags on that pitch, and to come out with a point, and to come out leaving and feeling, oh, okay, we've we've actually dropped two points here. We could have we could have won it later on. Um, is is pretty is pretty cool, but it's going to be a great game next weekend. It's going to be an absolutely cracking game. Do you know Do you know what my only red card is? 
It's also my only red card in the league. At, at it's your only red card ever, right? It's my only red card in Perth in the league. In Perth. In, oh, wait, wait, wait. I feel like, so you've like said half of the story. You were like, oh, I've never got a red card before. I've, never, I've, I've always said I've never got a red card in the league. I've never been said. Oh, wait. I think I've heard the story about your red card in New Zealand. I've got a red card in New Zealand. I've got multiple red cards in New Zealand. And I've got... <laughs> so you were reformed when you came I've, out here. I've got two red cards here in preseason. In pre- oh, okay, so you've got the, the, the red cards that don't mean anything. Hence, not, hence not, why it doesn't count. Not the Bailey Brown Montgomery red card. Not the I'm banned for 11 games <laughs> red card, no. Uh, the the uh, so, so my only red card was um, in Kalgoorlie. It was a semi-final, uh, and we were 1-0 up, and I've gotten a second yellow. It was a penalty. Last minute of the game. Oh, no. They've scored the penalty. They then won the game. The opposition won the game 2-1 in extra time. I'm in the showers. And I came out going, all right, so what does this mean? It turned out I missed the first game of the next season because we didn't make the grand final. And then it was the COVID year. So our season was only nine games. (laughs) So I missed one of nine games at the start of the year. Yeah. But like... I asked for special dispensation. I was like, this this whole league, it's not real. It's not real football. But uh, they, I'm, they didn't I'm, give it to I'm, me. I'm absolutely gutted. Obviously, you know about my situation in terms of what I what I'd like to do, and so like I was just sitting there going, "Oh, oh yeah, are you, are you talking about that publicly? Is not, that a, no, is that no, a thing, no, or is no, that no? That's very much a private thing. Um, oh, so we just we just like beep this whole no, section no, no, of the, the podcast. The, well, this is the best part about having a podcast with your mates, mate. Is we <laughs> know what we're talking about, but the listeners don't. And this is this is the inside jokes. You want to be part of the inside jokes, and people who are inside the joke are loving this right now, and people who aren't. <sighs> Sucks to be you. I feel like um, if people want to get inside the joke, they might they might uh, find out a little bit more if they become subscribers to the Patreon. They might. We'll leave that as a teaser. But yeah, uh, any more from you, good sir? And again, once again, congratulations on winning the league. But any more from you before we wrap this spot up? No, thank you very much. I'm just uh, really glad that I can come on and, and, and talk about uh, the team and, and the boys and the experience that we've had this year in the last couple of years because it's, um, it's been a pretty special team to be a part of and looking forward to... Um, uh, helping them uh, up in the, the Prem next year. All right. And uh usual one from me as well. Be careful, be kind. Huge shout out to Tommy Dolman for joining us for part one and part two and to Shaunton Fry for joining us for part one and part two. Uh, if you are listening to this and it is Tuesday, remember there's a game on tonight at Makadonia Park. Get out there. The chips are great there as well. They're no Balcata, but the chips are terrific. Um, and that should be a great game as well. Um, uh, you got any tips for that one, Josh? I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you think, and, and I'm sure this wouldn't Do be... Do you have any tips for that one, Josh? I'm going to put you on the spot. Oh, I don't know. And my bye, everybody. So bad. My, I can't do it. <laughs>